0: Welcome on in, everybody. It's Fighters Fury here on Ticket. Thank you for joining the program. Had Canelo fight night as he is now the unified super middleweight champion of the world. He beat the brakes off of Caleb Smith yesterday. I mean, it was not close. A really, really entertaining performance from Canelo. Uh, Went for broke pretty much the entire fight as far as just beating him up against the ropes. Big shots, power shots, the size was not very noticeable uh, as far as any difference, anything that Callum Smith, he just didn't have anything for Canelo. Any advantage that anybody wanted to make out of the size being a thing just wasn't that. He couldn't get off any any real shots uh, up until a couple of exchanges late, but you know, the problem was is that he wasn't getting the better of them and, you know, almost was so long to the fact that, uh, that Canelo could see everything coming. Speed advantage, defense advantage, power advantage. He just had, he was better everywhere. Maybe that's just what it comes down to for Canelo. Uh, it, was a, it was a masterful performance from him. And, you know, I think some of the things that really stood out for Canelo that were really great, one, uh, the just the endurance of the power shots that he was throwing. I mean, you know, Caleb Smith was was flickering his jab a lot, you know, was 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 dishing out a lot, but just had no accuracy with it. So Canelo showed tremendous defense on that regard. But uh, I mean, just from, you know, round, basically round two, I would say. Because I would say he felt out round one. Uh, I still thought that he pitched a shutout in this fight, but I would say it's the most feel out that you had. But from round two on, I mean, it was it was. Right up in his kitchen, up against the ropes. That uppercut was absolutely vicious. The body attack that he was throwing up. He was, you know, taking an elevator upstairs to try and hit him with uh, with big right hands. I mean, Canelo was not scared of anything in this matchup against Councilman. It was interesting. You know, we had Jonathan Banks uh, on the show this week. And if you guys missed that conversation, really enjoyed it. You know, we talked about Triple G and Zarameta, uh, which we'll, we'll touch on here. But uh, I asked him about the Canelo fight, and he said, "Canelo is not going to take a fight that he thinks he's going to lose. He sees something because remember this was not a uh, this was not an easy decision to get to Callum. So there was a lot of drama that got to Callum Smith. Uh, there was a contract break. There was talks of a Caleb Plant fight. There was talks of Billy Joe Saunders. There was talks way back when that Canelo was maybe going to go to Japan to fight." You know, so it took a while to land on Canelo Smith. So when he mentioned that, um, all this talk about you know Canelo Smith being big and dangerous and you know all that type of stuff, and you know the the true one sixty eight, all that type, look. This isn't to take anything away from him, but I think that you know Jonathan Banks was pretty spot on in that assessment and that Canelo did not have any sense of fear at all in this in this matchup. Um, and it was it, it was very entertaining to watch him go for the knockout uh, because you probably knew from about round four or five on that this was going to be a bad night for Callum Smith, just like it was for his brother. Um, you give him credit. He was able to stand up. There were a couple of times there. I think it was like the ninth round where the ropes kind of held him up. He, uh, he almost went flying. A body shot looked like in the corner it was going to wither him. He stood up. So he took a beating. He took a beating for sure. Uh there was some talk in this fight, you know my favorite Brian Kenny was on the card tonight uh on the call and Brian was like talking about oh do you do you stop the fight? I didn't think it was to that level. I didn't think it was uh you know, Kell Smith could see. It wasn't like he he was impaired. He took a he took a bit of an ass kicking, but I didn't think it was stop the fight worthy. I didn't think there was a t- because I tell you what, one of the things that was impressive about Kell Smith and I will give him some credit here is that Almost as the ass kicking got worse, he was actually starting to throw more. You know, once, once, once Canelo really was pouring it on him, he was actually a little less tentative and he was throwing some bigger shots and actually probably hit Canelo with some of his best stuff in like the 11th round. Um, it's just too little too late for that point. And he wasn't hitting him with enough. I mean, Canelo's defense was fine enough, but Canelo was, he was getting pretty reckless at that point. I mean, Canelo was standing up in the corner between rounds, uh, just, didn't feel like he was in danger at all at any point. So um, he's now a four division champion for Canelo Alvarez, a a great accomplishment for him, you know, and and in many people's minds is the number one pound for pound boxer on the planet. Uh, You you know, for him, this is the thing that I think you just got to respect with Canelo is that he does go and he does find some cool accomplishments to go do. He has some fun matchups that he's, that he's always been willing to put forth. Um, I think this performance, one of the things that I liked about it from Canelo's standpoint, there are there have been fights. You know, Canelo has definitely gotten the rub on some certain fights with some judges. He's gone off to blazing starts in some fights and guys have been able to work their way back in. And I would say this is about the best of shape that he was probably in just from an output standpoint, because he was throwing about as hard as he was in round two as he was in round 12. Round 12 was the only thing I would say is that, you know, Callum was starting to, starting then to to clinch up to try and avoid some punishment. But the output from Canelo was absolutely ferocious. So that was probably one of the best wire-to-wire performances of his career um, because there have been, you know, the Triple the, the, the G fights, the Lara fights, where you've been like, you know, what was the decision there? You know, he's let guys in. But that's what makes him fun. I mean, I would say... You know, it's going to be interesting to see when it's all said and done because Canelo's been in our fanhood scope now for so long. You know, guys who have watched him since he's like 21 years old and fighting on premium cable, he's just been one of the biggest stars of the sport for so damn long. And he's 30 years old, and you really think, like, all right, like, how much, how much more could he go do as far as, like, as far as boxing if he wanted to he's got more money than god he doesn't really need to do it um so there's so much more legacy building that he could go do and there is a lot of time for him um so for him in this new home of 168 there's some fun fights there man um they're, they're, you know I love the Caleb Plant fight I love Caleb Plant I think he's a fun fighter uh an offensive fighter a, a guy who I think can uh who can who can mix it up a little bit as far as uh, as far as the fights? So I think he'll he'll. Uh, I think you know the, the whole thing with the height, you know that was uh, very much overplayed in this. And I think if anything, um, for Caleb, I think it probably was a bit of a disadvantage in some regards because it was such a discrepancy in height. He has to squat down, and you know it's just it, it, he just looked very uncomfortable in trying to find the target. And, and Canelo was a very hard target to find quite frankly. So, uh, maybe in a, in a matchup like that, does he, does he go about and say, Hey, you know, uh, a guy like Kayla plant, it's not as extreme. What do you think about, uh, the height difference? He's six, one, not six, three, not as gangly if you will. Uh, but that's a fun fight, man. Billy Joe Saunders. That's a fun fight too. Um, uh, but Billy's going to bring a different dynamic to that. You know, he's going to be more elusive. He's going to try and, you know make can- canelo whiff. honestly probably uh, a more dangerous fight to lose on the scorecards for canelo uh you know where Caleb plants a little bit more dangerous than that you know he's he's a vicious fighter he's he's a, he's a vicious fighter that you know can uh can 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 get can uh can go and find your chin a little bit especially as of late the last couple of fights that he's been in um you know so, but they're both fun fights, and I do think that Canelo should be easily favored uh, against Caleb Plant. Um, but but it's still a fun matchup. It's like it's it's a matchup I would want to see um, with 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 Billy Joe. I would say it's a probably a, a little bit more even of a fight, just because I think that he's got some different ways to go about there, be crafty to go win. Don't think that he can stop Canelo or hurt Canelo, but could he make Canelo look a little bit goofy? Maybe. Maybe it's still probably uh, it's still probably lead Canelo, um, you know. Then you go and you look at some of the other young bucks. Like does does Jamal Charlo? Does he weave his way up? You know, Canelo said tonight that he 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 likes he's got unfinished business at 168. That sounds like he wants to just stay there. Um, and so everybody's everybody in this middleweight pool just kind of has to come to him. Um, and, and then you look at that, and you're like, all right. Well, Jamal, does he come up? I think that would be fine for him. His brother probably then can go, who's who's unified at one twenty four. That he he, then it's kind of a domino effect. They all can move up, Uh, and then of course is the triple G factor. You know what, you know what does, where does Gennady Golovkin lie in all of this? The one thing that I think is going to favor Triple G in getting this fight, and he won on Friday night at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino against Camille Zermeta that was a bludgeoning i don't you know i don't know how many people caught friday night boxing with triple g and zermatt that was he, he looked great i mean he was like triple g of old like zermatt had had uh was was walking into a buzz i mean he physically looked better than he has in a long time so there's definitely that factor and look let's be honest about it i mean triple g has been in both of these fights He got royally screwed by many people's minds in the first one. The second one, Canelo, I definitely think has an argument for winning that fight. But Triple G came on late. And you think about what kind of shape that he's in right now. The zone has been won in that fight forever. They have been dying to get that. There's still obviously a decent relationship there. Because he broke off the monster deal. But now he's on kind of this he's now basically a roving free agent which is a good place for him to probably be. Um and I would say money-wise it's probably the one that does the biggest the biggest subscription or buy rate whatever you want to refer to it as. So that's definitely going to be a big factor in this. Uh you know Canelo kind of had the big legacy fight tonight. So does he go and 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 bet on what's the biggest money fight? That's obviously triple G. And I do think that for Canelo, there's a personal beef there. There's they're not fans of one another. There's the backstory, um, the failed drug test, all of that stuff that that went into the second fight can then bleed into the third fight. And it could be super exciting. And I think that, you know, you have this triple G, if he's starting to look like a monster again. Um, I think it'd it'd be, it'd be silly to say that he doesn't have a chance, even with, you know, his age being what it is, because, you know, in the old terms, if we can get super cliche here, styles make fights and, and triple G has a, a means to be very successful against Canelo Alvarez with Canelo. Look, this is still a guy who's 30 years old and is, is crazily enough, seemingly reaching still somewhat of a prime. Um, you know, he's not a super light fighter that, you know, once they get to the other side of 30, it usually is over. He's still right in it. And so you think about all that. Stuff, it is fascinating. I don't think that, you know, you just dismiss the third fight as like, ah, we really want to see this again. Yeah. I mean, I think we would. I think we would. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if if it's, uh, it, you know, if, if Canelo does wander off. I think Al Heyman would love to do some business with him. Um and let him and let him kind of venture into those territories, see where he's at, put it on a big Showtime pay per view, um, you know, and then if he could do a Caleb Plant, and then maybe have Jamal move up and and get him later on, if they could do some series like that, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, maybe he sticks in this to zone universe and does Billy Joe Saunders, and then Gennady left at the uh, at the end of the year. There's a lot of fun stuff. The one thing about it. That you have to respect about Canelo Alvarez, with his greatness, uh, he's great and he's entertaining, and that's he is a, he is a real showman in the ring. Um, I think that there's a there's uh, there's a there's a, a Pacquiao like quality to the way he is uh, he he goes about this type of stuff, where you know he's kind of hunting belts and hunting accomplishments and hunting legacy, and then is a, just a really fun offensive fighter. Now I don't mean to disrespect his his defense. I mean, which is just leaps and bounds. Just seems like it gets better every single fight. Um, but you know, people like to go see guys go for the knockout, go for broke, humiliate guys, and uh, and he certainly does that. He certainly does that, and it was good for him tonight. You know, there's no even with the Kovalev fight. You know, it was a little bit of a lull fest. Not the best version of uh, Sergey Kovalev that we saw, and you know, he had a you know hellacious, sensational knockout. Um, you know, but it was really kind of, it was almost like a freak show. If anything, uh, this one had some of those qualities because of the size differential, but you know, Kellen Smith is, uh, is, is legitimately uh, a decent fighter. So good for him, man. It was a really good accomplishment for Canelo, uh, for Canelo Alvarez tonight. Um, I think that, I think, I think it's probably going to end up, if I had to guess, I think he's going to probably try and go get, the IBF title, I would guess against, uh, Caleb plant. I think that, um, I'd be surprised if the triple G thing comes next. I feel like that's more like an end of the year thing. Like I would be like Cinco de Mayo, uh, Caleb plant, triple G in September, you know, if I had to best guess it, but we'll see. We'll see. Errol Spence was also in the crowds and he was talking about fighting Canelo Alvarez. um, First of all, I don't think that's a smart move by Errol, Um, and it's not that I don't believe in Errol Spence's boxing ability, but it is a big, you know, leap to go get, and the other thing is, you know, with Errol and these numbers that he's doing in pay-per-view, they're, you know, fine, they're fine, they're not embarrassing, I would say, uh, for for a boxer in a pay-per-view market these days, but they're not... They're not star quality pay-per-views. And, you know, he got interviewed today by Chris Mannix and he was talking about, you know, I'm the man. And, you know, they're going to have to take that 60-40, even 70-30 split, uh, referring to Terrence Crawford. And I do think that there is a level of disappointment from fans. Like, you're going to make this leap to Canelo Alvarez and you haven't even finished your business at 147 um and I think that's going to disappoint a lot of people is, is that he's going to be and it's interesting you know they're both kind of going in the opposite direction you know Errol's talking about he's going to suck down and go uh he's he's sucking down to be to 147 he wants to go up to 160 to fight Canelo you know Terrence is talking about sucking down and going to 135 so they're going you know completely in opposite directions which is disappointing um and then you know, you have a guy like Canelo who is you know, kind of taking on all comers his entire career. He really has, you know, and he, he, you know, he did jump in the water. Like he did get that, uh, that, that, uh, that, that attempt at Floyd Mayweather so early in his career, what was he 23 years old at the time? Um, Errol's not that, I mean, Errol is what Errol's 30. So, you know, I can understand like they're the same age and, You know, he wants to get that big payday and whatnot. But I just think that he's overestimating uh, that he'd be the guy there. And I do think that if he goes and beats Terrence Crawford, you beat Terrence Crawford. Then you become the guy who people be like, all right, then go fight Canelo. But if you're just going to leave this void, um, people are going to be bummed. And I don't think that it's going to do as well as he thinks it will. And I also don't think he'll probably get as much money. I think that he'll probably get more money uh, if he beats Terrence Crawford and then goes and fights Canelo. If he just goes and fights Canelo for some, with all these options that are out there for Canelo Alvarez, um, which there's a ton of them as we went over, with all these options that are out there for Canelo Alvarez, I don't know why he's landing on Errol Spence. Like, what is the reason for that? He's not a bigger star than Triple G. Um... You know, he's not the champ at 168, so he doesn't have any hardware for Canelo Alvarez. It's For for me, I look at an Errol Spence fight, and it's everything to lose for Canelo Alvarez, nothing to gain. For Errol, obviously, he beats Canelo Alvarez. You know, that's huge. It's huge. I understand why Errol wants the fight, but I do think that, you know, for Canelo, I would be looking at it and be like, hey, man, can you go, like, be the undisputed champion at, at welterweight. And then let's do, let's do a fight, you know, at one sixty for the middleweight championship of the world, whatever that, whatever that, 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 that crossroads is. But I just, I don't think Errol has it, anything for him. It was, it was kind of an annoying night, you know, w- from that regard, I'll take a quick break. We'll get you some of the, uh, some of the uh, observations from the, the broadcast and the interviews and all that type of stuff. But uh you know, some of that stuff was really irritating. From you know the interviews of the boxers and all that type of stuff, because you know, they're all just it, it, they all just sound this they're all they all sound the same as far as you get thrown the same lines nonstop for why fights aren't happening. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Fighters Fury, everybody. Tobin here with you. We'll dive on over to the world of UFC for a little bit. As uh, last night, you did have it was kind of my undercard to be honest with you. I was watching more UFC than I was on the boxing uh, undercards. I was more in tune with the uh, uh, with what was going. On. It was a good card, man. It was a, it was a good card that they brought forth to end 2020. You Had Steven Wonderboy Thompson taking on Jeff Neal, and it was uh, it was a good night of action. You just had a lot of uh, you had a lot of highly contested high strikers uh, in the main card. Um, it is tough taking on Steven Wonderboy Thompson, man. It's such a pain in the ass. You know, every time it feels like somebody, uh, is going to get him figured out or maybe he's on the other side of it because he's going to be 38 soon. Um, you know, he goes and puts forth a, a performance like this against, a, against another guy in Jeff Neal who's, um, you know, trying to make his name against Wonderboy, but just couldn't do anything. It was tough. It was tough as. As far as catching up with him, you saw many times where Jeff Neal just looked v- almost mentally beaten uh, as far as just, like, the exhaustion he was getting of trying to keep up with the movements uh, of Wonderboy was really getting to him, um, and it was a runaway. It was a runaway for Steven, uh, for Steven Wonderboy Thompson. The only thing that we really had in it, it was a bad clash of heads, uh, a bad cut, a Bad night for headbutts, by the way. I don't know if people saw on the Showtime Boxing cart a guy, uh, Chris Van Yerden, who was on the program last week, he, uh, oh, he got a nasty cut against boots. Ennis I mean, it was like another mouth opening up on his head. Really, really looked bad. Um, so all our, our, our prayers go out to, to Chris, uh, stinks for him that that's how the fight ended. Now, look, I'm not gonna lie. Duran Ennis looked like he was, uh, having his way with him. So, I mean, I guess it's a, it is a way that maybe he, he gets out of there with a loss, but that's not the way he wants to go down. You heard the way that the guy spoke uh, last week. It's just not what he's about. It's not what uh, Jeron Ennis is, you know, who's trying to make his way up as a title contender as well. That's not how he wants to go down. You know, you have an IBO world title on it. So it just sucks that that goes. But, yeah, it was a bad night for headbutts. I missed, but supposedly there was another one on the Showtime card. So bad night for clashing heads. Uh, uh, for sure. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, though, getting the win against Jeff Neal, uh, runaway decision for for Wonderboy. Vintage performance, you know, just, just always moving, always countering, uh, great, great amount of body punches. A lot of stuff that he was sneaking in right to the body. Uh, we'll get to Jose Aldo in just a little bit, but those hammers that he just, he comes at you with when he's, uh, when he's attacking the body. Um, Just one of those underutilized weapons in mixed martial arts. You wish you would see more guys go to, but uh, two vets in the game who have been doing it forever. Two of the best strikers at it. They really utilized it well tonight. Uh, The interesting one out of this, though. So Wonderboy afterwards called out Jorge Masvidal. Those two fought three years ago. They fought in November of 2017. It was a unanimous decision win for Wonderboy. And... Really set Jorge Masvidal kind of into the the realm of uh, revitalizing his career. I mean, it was a it was a fight where you know then he went off and he uh, he decided to uh, to do this reality show after some uh, some consideration, uh, and then comes back and he starts just steamrolling folks. Um, this is an interesting call out from Steven Wonderboy Thompson because you don't normally hear a guy call out somebody that he's beaten. Um, so on the one hand with Steven Wonderboy Thompson, I get it. You know, he wants to fight a guy in the welterweight division who's ranked above him. And, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where you, you've already beat him. So you probably feel good about your chances. Uh, it's just an odd tactic. You don't see it that much. Uh, he's not calling out Colby Covington, and uh, he's not calling out uh, Leon Edwards. He's calling out George, and I do think it's uh, I think it's a fun matchup. I think it's a fun matchup stylistically. I think it can make for a good fight again. I'm interested. It's a lot. It reminds me a lot of what we're gonna have coming up next month with with Dustin versus Connor. You know, this newfound confidence, this newfound. Uh, you know, game wrecker mentality that uh, that that George has kind of come with that Dustin brought to the 155 division. Do we see that from from Jorge in a rematch? I think that that could be an interesting aspect of it. But I would say, uh, and I've, i and I you know, as far as Wonder Boy is concerned, look, it's uh sometimes it's a it's it's a beautiful watch if you can appreciate it, but it could also be a little bit of a, it could be a bit of a lull fest. Like the guy's got, you know, uh, some, some tough title fights in memory. Uh, he's a tough cookie to figure out. And it feels like you're, you're always kind of waiting for him to maybe unleash one of those hellacious wheel kicks or something like that, or something Bruce Lee like, but for the most part, uh, he's just a Rubik's cube for his opponents, Uh, a tough Rubik's cube. I mean, one of the best to ever do it in the division, but, um, you know, it could be, it could, it's It's not always, uh, it's not always like this thrilling slugfest as we saw tonight. Um, so, and we have heard Ore say this. He does want to run that fight back. He does want to have a, a, a matchup with Steven Wonderboy Thompson again. So, he'd like to get that back. I wouldn't be totally shocked if, if Ore took the bait on that. The one thing I would say, though, is all right, Jorge Masvidal is this giant pay-per-view star now right you know he just had fight island huge success the bmf title huge success this is his this is the playpen that he's in right now and i don't know what him versus wonder boy does like it's the nmf versus the bmf the nicest mother bleeper ever versus the i don't know what that lead up is like uh it, it you know compared to let's say colby covington versus masvidal now in comparison. Uh, look, if, if Colby goes and tries to take him down left and right, it could end up being that, like, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you know, maybe they like that style better, maybe they feel like they fine tune some things, they can go and get it a little bit better, but you have that, you have the rematch with Kamaru, you have, you know, if Leon Edwards can get a win and and do this thing right and, and get some shine on himself, you know, I think he's right there, at, you know, the backstage footage, I think that that's there for Jorge as well, so, you know he's he's kind of the money guy still in the division, and I just don't know what this does for Jorge. You know, Steven's not above him; he's below him; he's lost to him. It doesn't, I think, doesn't really draw a big pay per view audience. So I don't know. I don't know. I would be uh, I would be a little bit surprised if this is the next fight that Jorge takes. I you know if if, if Jorge lost to Covington and then wants to get another top five win. And takes on Wonder Boy, then I can see it happening. But you know, from my mind, and I don't know when Jorge is going to be back in the in the, in the cage. Um, but it just feels like him versus Covington. Like that's got to be the one that happens. You know, Daniel talked about uh, the fight that he wants to see most in 2021. I said John Jones versus Stylebender, and a lot of that's because of the trash talk these guys have had. It's been very personal, and it goes kind of the same way with the, with uh, with Jorge versus with Colby. And I do think that, you know, when you have your crack of the title against Kamari, now you didn't get finished. Um, you went to distance, you had a week's notice uh, after being in and out of camp, had a, you know, a rough weight cut. Um, but you are on the outside looking in, you know, he's going to be taking on Gilbert Burns next. So, you know, who's the win again? I think if he, you know, went and beat Leon Edwards, I think he could get back in there. I think if he, if he beat, He just needs, it feels like, to just get his hand raised and he can get back in there. Um, But as far as Wonderboy, look, it's a smart call out for him. You want to go get the most recognizable names? That's going to be a fight that uh, people will tune in for, for sure, with with how much of a star George has turned into. But I don't know if that will be the option they go with. But it is. I, I do think he's got some stuff. He's got some stuff going for him. I don't know if he's got all the stuff going for him to get that fight. Uh, what else do we have this night? We also had uh, Jose Aldo Jr. got a win over Marlon Vera. Jose looking fantastic, getting himself a win at bantamweight. Looks really good at the weight class, man. You know, Pichon is uh, is uh, is an absolute savage. He looked good early on in that fight, and you know, with Marlon Vera getting the win over Sean O'Malley, he's got a little bit of shine on him as well really I thought took it to him I didn't think this fight was that close you know they talked a little bit about the uh the pressure that Marlon was bringing in the first in in the second round you know, I, a little bit but I thought that 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 uh, Jose you know with that with that body work that he was putting on him with the strikes that he was putting on him I thought that was the real story of it um and then you know maybe wary of some of that uh pace that that Vera was putting on and not wanting to you know, uh, get caught like he did a lot in the Yan fight. Um, he went and tried to to submit him in the third round, and it came close a couple of times, but really just had him locked up uh, the entire way. Um, and 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 went his way. Good victory for for Jose. A lot of respect to an all time great. I'd like to see him, you know, kind of get that storybook ending with the entire featherweight thing behind him. Um, I don't know what was going on. He had like some blue. Uh, you know, tattoo that was like a uh, wash away or something like that, but um, yeah, it was it was a good win. it was a good one for for Jose getting himself a, a victory, and he called out T J Dillashaw. A lot of guys calling out T J Dillashaw as he's gonna be uh, set to make his return coming up. I mean, he was uh, you know, uh, your, your your former one thirty five champ, and so I like that fight. I'm into that. I think that's cool. I like the fact that, that, that Jose has got himself, uh, somebody in mind, you know, taking on a guy who's been the bantamweight champion. I think that absolutely would solidify himself as going and getting a crack at the belt, uh, once again, uh, although it's a tough top of the division, you know, you got Aljo, you got Corey Sandhagen, Marlon Moraes took a tough loss tonight. He he's, he's on hard times daddy right now, uh, which is tough for, for, for Marlon he trains down here in South Florida. But, uh, you know, it just seems like he gets into these fights, gets off to a, a gangbuster start, and uh, has just been getting get, been getting folded up later in these matchups. So, tough sledding for him uh, as far as that's concerned. But, uh, man, 135 is a, a cranking division. It's really, really good. Um, you had uh, Michael... You had uh, Mikel Pijeda taking on Chaos Williams. I thought Chaos Williams got this, you know, from my mind. I thought that that Michelle got a lot of... Uh, you know a lot of his razzle dazzle stuff the jumping around all that type of stuff i thought that that chaos williams stood pat and was hitting him with the better shots up the middle i think that the numbers dictated that afterwards too um i think that people got uh got way too much credit for a couple of takedowns um you know i thought that it should have been 29-28 going chaos's way uh, last round i understand uh Paheta gets gets the nod there but You know, I thought that he landed uh, in in the first and second round. I thought he landed the bigger shots, that the numbers went his way. Um, So I thought chaos got a little bit hosed there. Not like, uh, you know, not the biggest robbery in the world, but I didn't like the, didn't like the nod the way it went for quite frankly. And then um, what else do we got from this one? We have, we have Marcin Tabura getting himself a win over Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy got TKO'd, Uh, looked really good in the first round, Greg Hardy. And, you know, and the in the second round got taken down and pummeled, just absolutely, just got absolutely throttled by Marcin Tabor, who's now won four in a row. Uh, so that ends a little short two fight win streak for uh, Greg Hardy, whose last loss came from was uh, was to Volkov with a time is top ten. Is he still top ten right now? Let me look at the heavyweight rankings. Yeah, Volkov's number six. So. You know, it's been a while since Greg Hardy got, uh, got, you know, got a, a loss, and honestly, hasn't really suffered anything like that. You know, Greg Hardy's never really been stopped like that, um, because you had the weird thing with the the inhaler, um, you know, that got overturned, that brought a little bit of a, a, a rough go. You had the Alan Crowder fight. Where he had the illegal knees, so he got a loss there. Volkov, no shame in that, really, because remember he took that on short notice too. So this is the first time that Greg Hardy's really gotten uh, blasted. You know, he was talking this week about fighting. You know, going over to boxing and um, taking on Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and all that type of stuff. It's you know, you wonder if he's if he's uh, getting tired of this road. I mean, look, he. Fight- Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury. Here with you, and uh, let's get back into uh, stuff from last night. You know, we, we dove back over to the UFC there for a second, but I want to get into uh, some of the stuff that went down in the uh, uh, on the Canelo card. First of all, there's a couple of things I have with the Canelo card because I want to, you know, I gave all the praise to Canelo in the uh, first segment of the show. So, a couple of complaints, all right? Then I'll move on. But they had my guy back, Brian Kenny on the blow by blow stinks stinks I I, I can't I I'm, I'm so done with Brian Kenny and his first take topic and the thing with the, this Dazone, bro look I'm trying to like fix my relationship with Zone. and I would like to it'd be nice you know what's been good about Zone, okay is it's not flipping all the way to the back of of cards anymore and doesn't seem to be stumbling and buffering and whatnot so that's great but it's like it's it, 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 they they program these fights to be like like a Jack Russell's watching them like pew, 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 pew. just like here there pew, 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 pew. And, and, you know and this may be a thing like as a broadcasting nerd but all the things that are just bothering me. first of all every single Canelo fight that they've had it seems, has had, like, a huge break of nothing. Like, they just cannot time the cards correctly to have some action, you know, give us, like, a half hour of pomp and circumstance, you know. Hey, there's he, this guy settling into the crowd, this guy's settling into the crowd, let's go to Chris Max for some interviews. And now, here's a, a cool package to lead up to the fight that's, like, six minutes. And then, nine national anthems, and then ring walks, and then intros, and then fight. Okay, so like a good half hour. There is like I tuned in today at like ten o'clock for the fight, and no fights are happening. They they bring up another filler fight that lasted like two seconds. I don't even know if it was live or they brought it back because I only I was watching UFC most of the night. I wasn't watching the DAZN card. I flipped over to Showtime briefly. Tennis, uh and and Christopher uh ended in like a, a round because of a headbutt. So I land on Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Smith. Go over to the crowd. Uh, go over to the card, and all right, they're just yakking it up. You know, they go to uh the they go to uh, Britain. They go to Joe Calzaki's there. Uh, they talk to Demetrius Andrade for a little bit. I love my guy, our guy Boo Boo. I love I love the fact that they got him a little TV time. Uh, even had him on the broadcast a little bit, which is cool for for Demetrius. I'm glad that he's getting some kind of shine. It's about damn time that Tazone actually treats him like he is something. Um. But, you know, during the card, all right, so long break, not not new. They did that with the Kovalev card. You know, we all have the visual where they waited out the uh, Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal, and you had Canelo. Alvarez looking like he was watching Netflix. But then they get to the fight card, and it's like you got Brian Kenny doing his thing where he's not calling the play-by-play. And, and, and this is the thing that drives me nuts about it is, when he's actually doing it, he's not bad. Like when he's actually calling the action in the ring, he's not bad. But it's so few and far between from him doing the uh, the opinionated Brian Kenny show, the radio show, that you just get—I get so annoyed with it. I really, really do. What do you think about this? Chris, uh, oh, you actually gave the first round. Oh, really? Well, oh, and then he goes to, like, the ref. and goes, oh, you thought that the ref, uh, you thought that he was held up by the ropes. Oh, did you? Like, he's always, like, he's, uh, Demetrius Andrade's like, oh, he clearly said Demetrius Andrade said. They go to him at one point because they go to, like, nine people during the fight. You know, old days, Harold, it was this, how it goes. Lampley, Larry Merchant, Manuel Stewart, all right? And they go to uh, the late, great Harold Letterman, every now and then for a score okay Jim maybe they bring in a translator if we're getting wacky all right but they're never going let's go to the desk let's go to another country let's do this let's do that do it non-stop they're just like all right this round let's go to uh Gareth and Joe Calzaki in England and they're on Skype delay so it's taking forever to get to them and then they're like oh, let's go to Demetrius Andrade what do you have to say Demetrius uh, we're all seeing it. Then they go to the guy who's actually on the broadcast and Chris Mannix. Um, and Chris is like, for whatever reason, lower than everybody. He's got, you can't hear him, you know, and you, you know, it's just, it, 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 it's a bleep show. Then they go into the breaks. This thing drove me nuts too. I am paying a $20 subscription. All right. Every single month. And you want to tell me, Oh, sorry for the hundred. No. I'll sign up for the 100 when you give me a year's full worth of fights. That's when you'll get my $100 up front to zone. But the thing that drove me nuts is like, you're given a $20 subscription per month or people who are buying it via satellite on on pay-per-view. And for the first five rounds, I can't hear what's going on in the corners of Canelo Alvarez and Callum Smith because they got to do an auto zone shop to only come back and be like, now, let's go to Hennessy Cam. Now, I'm not for zone not making money, all right? But I already see an AutoZone logo right there in the ring. I'm guessing that that's supposed to get them some dollars. Why in God's name are there AutoZone commercials going on in the middle of the Super Middleweight Championship of the world? Why is that happening? This is not ESPN. This is not Fox. This is not a broadcast. I have given you my money, subscribed. When I watch, you know, when I watch anything else... That's a pay you shouldn't have to do that. I know times are changing. Everybody's trying to make more bucks everywhere, but it's just all over the place. This does. let's go here, let's go there. You barely could keep Brian Kenny on focus when there's two people there to begin with. Now you're giving them nine options to go to. It's ridiculous. You no, know, you know, like no wonder you hired a host and not a play-by-play guy. You're like weaving over here. Let's go over here. Let's get this guy's take. Let's get that take. I don't like that. All right? Let, let's just. They do that in uh, the UFC is doing this too. It's just, the tweets, the tweets are nonstop during the fight. Eight tweet. Here's what uh, this dude said from MMA Junkie. Here's what this dude said from Bloody Elbow. Here's what this guy said from MMA Fighting. You know, every once in a while, you get a famous one, a cool, like Goron Draga. Hey, Goron Draga just watched the broadcast. Cool. Okay. Give me one. Don't give me nine tweets all over the place. Oh, boom. Yeah. He literally tweets about every round of every fight. Watches every fight. I know Aljo's watching the fight. All right? And I like Aljamain Sterling. I just... Enough. The fight is the fight. Give me the fight. There's all these bells and whistles all over the place. And I don't mean to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but oh my God. This is the zone. They just can't get it right. And don't get me started on this uh, Michael Buffer yesterday. They go to this, and look, he's a legend. He's the greatest voice in the history of broadcasting, all right? Maybe that's strong. He's the greatest introducer in the history of our planet, all right? And he can't be there right now for whatever reason. I imagine Michael Buffer's high-risk, cancer survivor. Uh, I think they said something about California, probably hard for him to travel. All right, hey, Buffs can't be there. I know that he's the 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 voice of DAZN and that he is getting paid oodles of money from them. But as I say to my kids sometimes, you know, let me get the number five in order of Tough Nuggets. Sorry. Okay. He can't be there. Go with the dude with the long dreadlocks. I've heard him. I don't know his name, but he does a perfectly fine job. You know, I. I what is this? So they go and they have hologram Michael Buffer, you know, and all right. It seems like it's going fine for the intro videos, but then they try and get super cute. And they dub Michael Buffer trying to intro Callum Smith and Canelo Alvarez. And a couple things happen. One, you lose the effect of hearing it in the ambiance of the ring. It's just different. You know, like if you were listening to a Heat game, for example, it would be weird if you heard Mike Biamonte patch in every time and say, Jimmy Butler, if you didn't have the ambiance of, you know, the echo in the arena. That's like the beauty of it. He's a PA announcer. And same thing with Michael Buffer. It's not the same if he's saying, you know, oh, Canelo Alvarez. But it's just Canelo Alvarez. Like he's doing a podcast. and That's what it sounded like. So they tried to dub in Michael Buffer. I guess it wasn't working. So they had to go to uh, Buddy with the Dreads. I should get his name. I've mentioned him twice. Let me see if I could say uh Ring Announcer with dreads let me get his name here so i have that david diamante sorry david david does a fantastic job okay first of all it's a slap in the face he does every he does all the ring announcing all night and the og gets to walk right in there and do the main event neither here nor there all right i'm sure he's like ah eh, is gig is what it is you know he wants to get his check fine but the point is they try and do hologram michael buffer for every audience and I guess it's not working in the arena. So David has to go into the ring, he has to reintroduce them. All because they found it necessary to give me Michael Buffer even though Michael Buffer's not there. And there was no need. There was no need. You got too cute to zone. You got too cute. All right? And 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 that's what I would say is like, look. I want to have this good relationship with you, right? I want as a boxing fan I like what you're doing. You put on the full cards. You're giving a platform to everybody. You're trying. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Mm-hmm.